Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Glad to have this man back, Republican Senator from the great state of Wisconsin. It is Ron Johnson. Ron, how are you? Good to see you. Doing well. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas right back at you. Let me start here with the big story yesterday that Joe Biden said. Read different polls. 34% approval rating, Ron. 34%. He's made things bad for business, made things bad for my bank account. Um, I make a pretty good buck. You know, I, I do okay. But I am nowhere near in the kind of shape I was when Trump was leaving office. What specifically happened to our economy and why Why does Biden keep trying to take credit for it being good? Well, again, the, the America elected Democrats and, and Joe Biden. Uh, you, you've heard me say this. If, if you were asked to develop a strategy to destroy this country, you'd be hard pressed to come up with the one that Biden is implementing. The open borders, the 40 year high inflation, the war on fossil fuels, the embarrassing and dangerous uh, surrender in Afghanistan, which emboldened Putin, uh, President Xi, the, the, the moles in, in Iran. So, again, everything this president has done, everything the Democrats in, in, in control do is just destroying this country. It's weakening America. And our adversaries notice it. The, they become more aggressive. And, you know, for example, a dollar that you held to start the Biden administration is worth 85 cents. Wow. That's not going away. Inflation may be down, but that damage has already been done. And people, their wages are not making up for it. I don't think his budget people are incompetent, Ron. I think they're doing it on purpose. If, if I'm right and they're doing it on purpose, what's the end game? What's the goal? Well, again, with Democrats, it's always to make more Americans dependent on government, right. dependent on them. And so they just open up the floodgates, uh, plunder and mortgage our children's future, uh, spend like there's no tomorrow. And you know, who cares about the consequences? They, they care at any time of the election in case it's not working out too well. Uh, and so now they're scrambling. Now, now they're trying to make amends. Now, they're, now they're you know, in, in these negotiations to finally secure the border. Uh, I, I don't believe them any further than I can throw them. Yeah, it's uh, U.S. Representative, uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, great state of Wisconsin. Um, I don't think you would do this, and I know Trump didn't do this. I feel as though this administration is taking its cues, its walking and talking papers from the WEF and from the U.N. and from, from the World Health Organization. Is that true? Wait, when you look at all these new world leaders, you know people like Justin Trudeau, uh, President Biden, others, they, they use the exact same phrase that comes out of Davos. We're going to build back better. I don't know if you've ever seen that video clip, but it's actually quite shocking. This is coming out of the pandemic. We're going to build back better. You know, I do think there's an elite group of people, uh, people like Bill, Bill Gates, uh, Klaus Schwab, that, that exert far too much influence on these world organizations like the World Health Organization, uh, the UN, uh, the World Economic Forum. But then that filters down into uh, the people they've trained that have gone to Davos uh, you know, uh, year after year. Uh, they pick up on that ideology and they, they pretty well implement the same game, game plans, which are destructive to our freedoms, destructive to society. Again, this is, this is not, we are not heading in the right direction here. Is there a sea change that we're, that we're watching happen? Ron, you see what happened in Argentina. You see what happened in the Netherlands. Suddenly people have had enough and they're voting in people who are going to afford them more freedom, fewer regulations, less control at central government. Is that happening or is it these just a couple of examples that are outliers? Uh, let's hope it is. The problem is, you know, when you know, conservatives, we, we don't want to get involved in government. So, right. you know, we win an election like Ronald Reagan or, or whatever. And we think, OK, we, we beat him. We can go back to our to our lives. But the left is relentless. They want to increase their power. They want to increase their control of their lives. So they never stop. They, they never believe they've been defeated and they haven't been defeated. And, you know, so I, I try and point out, for example, Venezuelans voted themselves into poverty. Right. Just took a couple decades, you know, vote for Hugo Chavez. And that's the last time you have a legitimate election there. 
and the socialists will destroy that country. I mean, look at what leftism does. It never builds anything. It, it builds a good propaganda arm. It, it knows how to seize power. It knows how to uh, hoodwink the public. But in terms of its policies, they destroy economies. They destroy nations. They rob people of freedom. They, they result in totalitarian regimes where millions have been killed. So again, that's the, that is the legacy of the left, of socialism and communism. And yet, it sure sounds appealing, doesn't it? Just make the rich pay their fair share and everything will become your roses. The problem is that doesn't work. They keep on yelling about the fair share. You and I both know the top 1% pays almost almost 40%. The top 10% pays almost 70%. I'm not really sure what the fair share is. I'm not even sure why we have a progressive tax system. Everybody should pay the same uh, the same percentage. The rich will be paying a lot more anyway. I think it was Steve Forbes that ran with a 17% flat tax, and, and, he, and he failed at doing that. So the whole the whole tax system is messed up. But, but the bigger point, I think, is that this is... Let's have class warfare. Let's hate the rich. Let's hate the people that, that are hiring us and employing us. And, and, and God forbid they have a nicer house or a nicer car. And meritocracy shouldn't matter. When they say let's make them pay their fair share, they're just pandering to people who are, are making less than them, right? It's not really that they don't think they're paying their fair share because they are way more. They're, they're, they're trying to advise. They know there's a lot more people at the, you know, in the middle class or the lower in the income spectrum than, than right. they're at the top. And so, again, it's, it's a siren song. Uh, Joe, if you would have asked me a couple of years ago, what's the greatest threat to this nation? I would have said our debt and deficit. We're still not addressing that. It's a huge threat. But right now, I'd say how horribly divided we are. But we're not an absolutely divided people. You know, on, on the big goals in life, we share the same goals. We want safety. Yes. We want security. We want prosperity, opportunity. Why are we so divided? It's because people like Biden, Obama, the radical left, they are purposefully dividing us. That's what critical race theory is. That's what identity politics is all about. That's quite honestly what the push is about transgenderism, that they're telling groups of people that those rascal Republicans or conservatives hate them so that they hate Republicans and vote accordingly. And again, it's, it's, a, it's a divisive form of politics, but unfortunately it works when you have the media uh, infiltrated with a bunch of radical leftists themselves. U.S. Senator from the great state of Wisconsin, it's Ron Johnson, and we appreciate the time, Ron. When will we get a, a balanced budget? I know it sounds like a dumb question. I already don't like baseline budgeting where every year it goes up automatically. I'm not really sure why you guys have to do that. But is it going to take the Senate going back into Republican hands? Do we have to get the president again? We haven't had a balanced budget since since uh, Bill Clinton, and that was because the very Republican House and Senate forced his hand. When will we start balancing that? You and I have to balance our budgets in our homes. Why don't you guys have to do it in Washington? Because there's no constitutional amendment to do it, and politicians have found out that uh, their constituents love the benefits, and nobody wants to pay for them. So last year, we had about a $2 trillion deficit. It was reported at 1.7, but about $300 billion of that is just uh, uh, the the student loan forgiveness was ruled unconstitutional, so they got right. that money back. So it's about $2 trillion. Uh, more than 70% of the budget is called mandatory spending. Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. But we grew mandatory spending over the last four years by more than a half trillion dollars because yeah, I would say Republican leadership was asleep at the wheel and they didn't scream about it. But again, de Democrats have no problem plundering our, our children's future. So this is a massive problem. It's not going away anytime soon. And the only solution is everything needs to be looked at together. You can't wall off 70% of your budget and expect to, to balance it. It just doesn't work. But now that's it. Ron Johnson said he's going after Social Security, going after oh, Medicare, going after Medicaid. You're just a, the fact that you just said that means that you want everything on the table to renegotiate and talk about. Now you're, you're on the bad side. 
Oh, no, I, I, you know, I didn't use the word discretionary spending. I mean, that's just a budgetary term. Right. When I did that during my campaign, they immediately lied and said, oh, he wants to put it on the chopping block. He wants to cut Social Security. No, I want to save it. The trust fund is an accounting fiction. A U.S. government bond held by the government has no value. That fiction runs out in about 2033, 2034. Then benefits are going to be reduced to revenue, which is about 75, 80%. The question is, will we have the financial wherewithal in the general budget to plus up those benefits? That is a $64,000 question. That right now, uh, it's going to be very difficult to honor those promises because, again, we're running $2 trillion deficits. Interest rates are high. It might be pretty difficult to bring those things down in terms of what the government can borrow at because we're a credit risk. Right. It's uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, great state of Wisconsin, uh, looking looking toward next year. See, this is always the quandary for me. We've got another year until the election where we could get the Senate back and we could get a Republican in the, in the White House and maybe we can lessen government control, lessen regulations, lower our debt. I mean, it's all it sounds like a pipe dream, but we're less than a year away now. Do you feel positive going into that or not? You know, <laughs> I see a lot more positive, for example, if my election would have been a landslide in 2022. Right. Yeah, but there was a lot, I mean, Ron, there was a lot of money thrown at you, though, and you still well, I, won. I, I, re- I realize that, but in a sane world with an unbiased media, that election would have been, even been close. Yeah. It was a nail bite. So, again, the Democrats are very good at what they do. Uh, they only have to mine votes in the big cities. They just have to push an issue like abortion. Republicans, we have to get votes from every little small town throughout our states. Right. And it's a much more difficult challenge. But that's why, for example, Democrats push mail-in balloting. They want to expand absentee balloting while they reduce all the controls on it. Again, Democrats want to make it easier to cheat. Republicans want to make it easy to vote, but impossible to cheat. But again, we, we don't have all the levers of power to do that. It is uh, U.S. U.S. Senator, I don't know why I keep saying that, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson, great state of Wisconsin. Really appreciate you coming on. You mentioned Venezuela earlier, and they did vote themselves in uh, a, a horrible dictator, and they probably will never get the vote back again until there's some sort of an uprising and revolution in that country. Let's look at Ukraine for a second, because I'm, I'm here to tell you, I don't care how, how in trouble I get, that uh, Zelensky is acting like a little dictator too, and here's what I mean. We're, let's cancel elections in Ukraine because of the war, Abraham Lincoln didn't cancel elections in the United States during the Civil War. Let's uh, let's let's cancel elections. Let's stop people from worshiping at the Russian Orthodox Catholic Church. Let's shut down any press or media outlet that dares say anything that's critical of this guy. I mean, it's starting to look the same to me, like they've got somebody in charge who isn't necessarily worried about democracy, which is what this administration keeps telling us we're fighting for. What is your take on this? Well, first of all, I think the most important reality in Ukraine is that Putin will not lose that war. Right. It's a fantasy to think that Ukraine can win. They can't lob missiles into Moscow to try and you know, reduce the, the Russian support for the war. Losing is existential to Putin. He has nuclear weapons. He would use them if they ever came to that. So you have to recognize that reality. I don't like the reality. He's a war criminal. You know, I, I appreciate uh, what the courageous Ukrainian people have done to fight for their freedom and their families. But the fact of the matter is, the only way that war ends is with a negotiated settlement. Every day that goes by, more Ukrainians die, more Russian conscripts die. I take no joy in that. And more of Ukraine gets destroyed. So the strategy of uh, the United States and Ukraine ought to be to try and pressure Putin into actually settling. Stop talking about winning this war, driving Russia out of Crimea and eastern Ukraine. It's not going to happen. Zelensky knew that when he took office. I was there for his inauguration. I I visited with him two months later. At that point in time, he wanted to do a peace deal with Putin, recognizing it may not be popular, but he would not be able to push Putin out of Crimea or eastern Ukraine. Here we are. 
you know, three years later, and more of Ukraine is destroyed, Russia invaded. Again, war crimes committed. Yes. I don't like that. I don't know how you're going to hold uh, in, in, you know, hold uh, Putin accountable for that. Again, he has nuclear weapons. He's the head of the state. He's the head of Russia. You have to recognize that re- reality and try and bring this war to an end. Right, and asking questions like this doesn't mean that you support Putin, but that's exactly no, what people will criminal. say. Well, he is. He's a horrible guy. I don't support Putin. I don't I don't support Russia's incursion into Ukraine. But, Ron, if we rewind before even one bullet was fired, one tank rolled in, there was already a, a peace talks on the table that the sources I get from the military say Joe Biden said no. Why would we not want to sit down and settle this and stop all the killing and stop all the free money? Well, again, is that... Was that U.S. government policy, the State Department, trying to foment a proxy war? Again, right now, one of the war aims is to, to uh, degrade Russian military capability. Uh, our war aim right now ought to be to bring the war to an end. Yes, it should be. What does victory I don't look think like? Putin ever would have invaded with Trump in power. I think the Biden administration could have done multiple things to keep Putin from invading, but they didn't. And now we've spent over $100 billion. They want another $60 billion. And again, they keep talking about Ukraine winning. I'm sorry, as much as I would like that to be a reality, it can't be. So recognize reality, bring this war to an end, stop the bloodshed, and you know, harden our defenses. Is it an appropriate tactic that we keep hearing from Blinken or keep hearing from Kirby, keep hearing from KJP or even Biden himself, that if we don't send them $60 billion more dollars, then Russia is automatically going to attack NATO, meaning American soldiers have to go? What a fear tactic. Ron, is there any rea- reality to that? Is Russia going to attack NATO? I don't buy that. Again, we have degraded Russian military capability. Putin realizes that he didn't exactly have the A-team in place, and a lot of it's already been degraded. So I, I don't see any design on the part of Putin. If he, go, if he invades NATO, he's going to be up against all of our armaments, which Ukraine has not been uh, priv- or entitled to or, or have access to. Right. So, no, I, I don't think that's a, a given at all, that uh, Putin would absolutely you know, roll into, into uh, NATO. That's what I say. You, know, you strengthen your own defenses, try and bring this thing to an end to stop the bloodshed. It is uh, U.S. Uh, Senator Ron Johnson, great state of Wisconsin. Beautiful setting in the back. Hopefully, hopefully you're watching this. Great fire in the fireplace. One last question. Here in Texas where I am, the governor just signed a law or into law, a bill, that allows on the border only, not throughout the whole state of Texas, but on the border it allows people to be arrested if they come here illegally. They've got two choices, go to jail or go back to where you came from. Uh, Ron, I think that's legal by Article 4 in the Constitution. Do you think that's legal what the governor's doing here? I sure hope so. Remember, we're 50 sovereign states. It certainly should be legal. And of course, the problem we have is that this problem, this crisis wasn't dropped in Biden's lap. He came into office with a largely secure border. Right. He caused this. He opened up the border. He wants an open border. His Democrat colleagues in the Senate, in the House, they want an open border. Not every one of them, but most of them. And so now we're supposedly doing negotiations with them People that want an open border that I do not believe in general are negotiating good faith, not on the part of the president, not on the part of Chuck Schumer. You know, how do you actually enforce an agreement? We know this is a lawless president. He ignores Supreme Court decisions. He doesn't faithfully execute the law. He lies repeatedly to the American public. How can you trust this guy? So it's, it's a real challenge for Republican negotiators, which is why I say any, any Ukraine funding must be contingent on them actually securing the border, not legislative language which i'm happy to to vote for right but we actually need to keep hold their feet to the fire and secure this border that's the goal 
I, I couldn't agree more, and hopefully this is going to be seen as legal. I don't see why it wouldn't be, because in the Constitution, either the government uh, protects the nation, the borders of the nation, and if they don't, we can do it. And, and that appears to be what Texas is doing. It's uh, U.S. Senator Ron Johnson always doing an amazing job. Didn't even get into, into Hunter Biden this time. So let's do it again very soon. If I don't talk to you beforehand, Merry Christmas to you and yours, Ron. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you and your listeners. All right, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. We appreciate Senator Ron Johnson coming on. If you missed any part of that, we'll uh, put it up on Rumble tonight. Put it up on Rumble. Make sure you go and check that out. It's rumble.com slash JoePags. Well, rumble.com slash J-O-E-P-A-G-S. Next hour is going to be Sean Farish. He is the guy that sounds exactly like uh, former President Donald Trump. Uh, now, keep in mind, I did this interview yesterday, so we don't talk about Colorado and how stoned they must all be. But we, he does go after Chris Christie. He does that. I think he goes after Liz Cheney. And then he's got, uh, he uses the Donald Trump voice to sing at least one Christmas carol, which is uh, pretty good. I think, it's, I think it's the 12 Days of Christmas. Carrie, I think that's the one that he does. Mm, okay, that'll be good. It's pretty good stuff. For that. you got to stick around. Sean is great at that. Make sure you stop by all my social media as well. We work hard every day to put two, three, four videos up. YouTube, it's Joe Talk Show, J-O-E-T-A-L-K-S-H-O-W. Also, Joe Talk Show on Instagram. Just hit 285,000 today on Instagram. Over on TikTok, it's uh, with like 216,000 very quickly. It's Joe Pags, J-O-E-P-A-G-S. Oftentimes people say, well, well, what are your different socials? Well, that's it's either Joe Talk Show or Joe Pags. It's, there's never any punctuation in there. There's never any extra uh, symbols or characters. There are people stealing the stuff left and right. Make sure you go to my official sites, and I appreciate you doing that. You can always go to JoePags.com to make sure that you're hitting the right one. Again, Sean Farris next hour. We're going to break down exactly what it is that uh, that he does in his show. He's got a show as well where he does get political. It's not all fun and games. And uh, we come back at the top of the hour draining the gift card. What is a gift card drain? What is that? It sounds like you, you need to call a plumber. We'll talk about it when we come back. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pags Show.